Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I have no regrets. I'm following what the lawyers have told me they want me to do. It's exactly what we're doing. There's no there there. Thank you. A number of people, uh, Democrats and Republicans, but even a lot of Democrats have commented on, uh, what's the whole I have no regrets? What does that even mean? You have. I mean, you're not disputing that you had classified documents that you're not allowed to have. What's the no regrets? What a weird angle to take. I wonder if that is expressing what you hear once in a while during these classified document scandals. Somebody says, yeah, they classify everything. It's ridiculous. Everything's overclassified. If, but if that's what he means, that's what he ought to say. Of course, that almost is him saying, yeah, I've chosen which laws to follow and which not. I guess. I have no regrets is an odd. I guess I guess the problem is if you express any regrets, then, you, you know, there's a whole bunch of questions that follow that. If you just say, nope, everything went. It was a perfect phone call. You know, if you just go with that sort of angle on it, then kind of I, I shuts wonder, down the conversation. I feel like we're missing a significant piece of information. And I think, I'm guessing, that piece of information is, and this is frequently the case, how things really work. The act, the reality in D.C. Look, everything's classified. Nobody worries about it. I mean, it's just nobody cares. It sounds exciting to you people, but... You don't understand. We're the elite. We get to decide. Well, I've been shocked now for a couple of weeks that the mainstream media has taken this story very seriously. It led all of your big Sunday shows yesterday, including Ed O'Keefe on Face the Nation yesterday. 
This drip, drip, drip just continues. It does, and this is by design now. Uh, the White House uh, Counsel's Office, his personal attorney, making very clear that they withheld this information until after the uh, search was conducted at his home in Delaware. Um, and this is how we're going to be learning about things, essentially. Once steps are taken by the Justice Department, in this case, an FBI search of a sitting president's home, a pretty extraordinary development in this case, mm -hmm. uh, and something we've not seen before. Ed O'Keefe was the first person I saw on any of the shows actually say what it was the fbi was searching the home of the sitting president that's unbelievable everybody else was going with uh in conjunction uh, and in tandem we're working with biden's lawyers justice department officials were uh, going through documents the fbi was searching the home of the current president is what was every happening. square inch of it from the attic to the basement the garage every there was not a single bag of dog food left unopened by the fbi now the argument Correct. from the white house is we asked for that and we're working with them uh my guess would be and i think jonathan turley said this over the weekend is they knew it was coming and it was going to look really bad if the fbi like forced it upon them so yeah yeah go ahead and uh, maybe uh come on out and take a look at my house because they were coming anyway they're trying to they're trying to and doing a pretty good job i think of looking like this is a all we're all working together here it's just a mistake we're just you know we're, we're there's nothing here but the reality is at the end of the day no matter how you phrase it the fbi searched the home of the current sitting president right which is just amazing how strange yeah uh, was there another clip I was playing, Michael? Yeah, one more from uh, Face the Nation. But a step that they made very clear, they took voluntarily, they were there for this, attorneys were, uh, and they took away six more items marked classified. For now, a total of about 25 to 30 classified documents found in uh, at his former office here in Washington and then at his home in Delaware. And it raises questions about, you know, what was that material? Uh, what more could be found? Where else might they search? So we've been talking about this now for a couple of weeks. Is this is an ongoing scandal like that? You can call it a scandal, can't you? Full on scandal. Sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. I, I'm not the least bit concerned that national security is uh, violated or something like that, or the Russians now have the plans for our subs or something. And I don't think anybody is. It's just a political scandal. The real significance is. Um, is there an effort being made to push Biden out of the way because they think he's a loser as a candidate in 24? I think Democrats were assuming he's not running again. Wouldn't you think that's right? The Democrats yes. thought we'll get him in the White House. He won't run for a second term, but at least we'll get Trump out of the way. And now that all the talk is he's he's going to announce here in the next week or so, Democrats, whoa, wait a second, you're going to run again? You'll lose if you run again. If it's anybody but Trump, they especially think. Democrats. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I think it's easy for normal people to underestimate the extent to which you flow with the crowd in D.C. You say what's expected of you to be said. And if the sitting president says he's going to run again, you act as if you must take that seriously. And any other opinion is crazy. I've been saying forever, there's no freaking way the old man runs. There's no way the Democratic establishment lets him run. But they've been saying uh, the respectful things, because that's just what you do in D.C. But from a real-world perspective, it's ridiculous. And, now, and that now they see the opportunity to cut the old guy off on his knee, at his knees, send him off with the proverbial gold wash, watch and move on to the, uh, the, fu the future. So I'll read a little bit of this guest essay they put in the Sunday New York Times. That's some of the most valuable real estate in all of journalism right here. Jonathan Alter with his guest essay. He's one of your longtime lefty journalists. Oh, Biden, what have you done? 
I'll just read a little beginning. It's the conclusion that's important. Remember the iconic image of smiling Joe Biden in his 1967 Corvette Stingray? It conjured conjured charming Uncle Joe, a retro cool guy who'd been around the track and knew how to handle it. Four months after President Biden called Donald Trump's mishandling of classified documents irresponsible, that vintage car parked at the president's home in Delaware next to his own boxes containing classified material has been transformed into a shiny symbol of hypocrisy. If you went into a GOP whataboutism lab and asked for a perfect gaffe, you'd come out with the president snapping last week to a Fox News reporter, my Corvette is in a locked garage. Well, the storage room at Mar-a-Lago is locked, too, writes Jonathan Alter, which is a good point. But then he goes through what happened and everything like that, and I thought the ending was important Um, as he talks about uh, Democrats and how they're looking at this. Democrats should turn the page, as Mr. Obama recommended in 2008, to a a crop of fresher candidates, probably governors, who contrast better with Mr. Trump and would have good odds of beating a younger Republican. And the smiling old gentleman in the Corvette, his shortcomings forgotten and his family protected, would assume his proper place as a bridge between political generations and arguably the most accomplished one-term president in American history. I like that last line as he throws in a, you're, you, 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 here's a gold watch. You're the most accomplished one-term president in U.S. history. A hand, everybody, for Joe Biden as he shuffles out the door as a bridge between generations. Thank you very much. We appreciate your service. Is he gone? He's gone. Good God, thank God he's gone. He would lose 40 states if he ran again. That was, <laughs> that was absolutely him being pushed out the door in the Big guest essay in the Sunday New York Times. First of, all, first of all, I agree with every syllable. Um, yeah, that's 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 clearly what's happening. Yeah. And, and he said originally he was going to be a transitional president anyway. So you're going to ha- hear people saying that a lot to soothe his ego. So he'll do the right thing and cooperate. And uh, for what it's worth, Trump's not running either. Stop saying that establishment he's, press. he is running no he's well he announced he's running he's officially running. all right i'm i hereby announce i'm running for president there i'm running too <laughs> i've formed an exploratory committee michael you're on it <laughs> oh great oh <laughs> great more paperwork yeah uh so anyway but yeah that's absolutely true they're trying to give the guy a dignified exit ramp and now they can move on I, I feel like that was the first overtly opening salvo in the whole it's time for you to go from the New York Times. And yeah, I think that we're going to yeah. see that growing. And do you? I wonder if they feel like they've got to get ahead of his announcement. If they wait till after he's announced and he does the big speech wherever he does it, um, you know, in front of an Amtrak train or something. When I was a boy and I started riding from Delaware. I mean, if they do it after he does the big re-announcement speech, it's going to be a lot harder, don't you think? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, who, I just thought it's a non-starter to me. Who Well, Joey, baby. What's a non-starter? One term. <laughs> him, him, him winning or him running? If he's set on running, who's going to stop him? If in his mind, why wouldn't I run? I feel fine. I've had a successful first year. You just said I'm the most accomplished one-term president. How about I become the most accomplished two-term president? What are you talking about? Everybody who you quoted or from that article and the guy who wrote the article himself, that's who will stop him from running. 
The How? entire Democratic Party establishment will do whatever it takes. <laughs> you got to put a, a, a bag over his head and put him in the back of a car and drive him away? I mean, if he's walking well, to the podium to announce, how do you stop him? To paraphrase Deputy Barney Fife, they will do anything up to and including soaping the steps at the old folks' home. <laughs> this idea they, is a bunch of malarkey. They will take the hairy-legged one out any way they have to. Because they know running, he will lose 40 states, particularly, well, depending on who the, the Republican right, right, is. Right. Because the Republican Party has a remarkable talent for finding their own dog <laughs> and sending them out there on the stage. Yeah. well, No offense to the dogs listening. They got a problem. They got a problem. They had a problem on figuring out how to push Bernie and Elizabeth out of the way to get Trump, Biden in uh, during 20. And uh, now they got to figure out how to get a sitting president to not run. Well, again, to cite your very examples, they're pretty good at it. I think they got to get in Jill's ear. And they got to Jill's. Then Jill goes to him and says, you want any more loving ever again in the rest of your life? Don't run. I'm, I'm, Boy, I'm, I'm close like the for idea business of, if you run. I like the idea of still getting loving when I'm 80. But anyway, uh, durr. you know what they'll have is, uh, you remember, what was the moment and the man that made Joe Biden president? James Clyburn, right. South Carolina, saying black America is with Joe Biden. He's our guy. James Clyburn comes out and said, you know what? I totally forgot. Joe Biden burnt a cross on my lawn. <laughs> I totally I just, forgot. I had, I had spaced it off. I had uh, <laughs> covered it up somehow. Anyway, so that sucked. <laughs> and that's totally how quick forgot. it can be over. <laughs> Come on. You know, it, won't, it won't be anything that loopy, but if they need to play a card like that, they will play. They will find some black housekeeper from oh, the 1970s. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, oh my who God. he allegedly or didn't, and it doesn't matter, showed his wang to. Oh, my God. Or, You're or, or said, just... your people or some, they will concoct whatever. You don't know who you're dealing with, Jack. <laughs> you don't know what they're capable of. You're an infant. <laughs> wow, history is weird. This immediate first blush, you think, what a gift for Republicans and Donald Trump. Mind up being the gift for Democrats. That keeps them in the White House if they get a better candidate. Yeah, you just, man, the twists and turns of life. Final note on Trump, and then uh, you can't make me talk about him anymore. There, there were a couple of pieces, both in the liberal and the more conservative press, talking about how evangelical leaders across America are saying, yeah, time to move on. Mm. Trump's not running. Well, he is running. He's filed the paperwork. All right. Again. <laughs> Again. He burned across on my lawn. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot completely. Right. How did that slip my mind? I mean, it's just... <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's funny. I was thinking about that. Anyway. So, yeah, that was traumatic. <laughs> oh, my and God. And it won't matter. <laughs> oh, boy. We have more on the way. Stay here. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What is that? What is that, Michael? Some good old school guitar. Yeah, it's Too Late Marcus. Too Late Marcus. Is that the name of the band or the I song? I believe so. Why don't songs have melodies anymore? It's too loud. (laughs) (laughs) So a couple of things we're going to squeeze into this segment and then uh, more uh, infotainment and formation coming up uh, next half hour. We ought to talk more about uh, Germany and their hesitance to supply Ukraine with the weapons they need with Nazi Germany. Looks like they're going to. No, regular Germany, Michael. Super into that story. Yeah. So a couple of things real quickly. We were talking about the uh, the paper ceiling earlier, how um, a lot of uh, state governments are saying, no, you don't need a college degree to do these jobs. They're, you re- just let's figure out whether you can do them or not, which I think is great, given the fact that college has become this bloated, expensive scam to a large extent. I forgot to mention that a bunch of the big uh, tech companies from IBM to Google to Facebook and a bunch of others have vastly reduced the number of gigs that require a college degree because the folks have gotten skills through practical means or other jobs or what have you. So they're snapping too uh, as well. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, If you want the best talent, 
limiting to college degrees is not the best way to go about it. Also, Al Anonymous, uh, my friend and a, a fine uh, a musician as well, just texted me this. This is unblanking believable. Gavin Lunkhead Newsom, who is so clearly running for president, uh, spent time in Monterey Park, the uh, suburb of Los Angeles, where that terrible mass shooting took place over the weekend. Um, here he is. As my buddy puts it, check out the governor's use of a murder for the photo op of all photo ops. He's walking down the empty street strewn with debris for his tweet. Spent time in Monterey Park today meeting with leaders and those impacted by this terrible tragedy. The strength of this community is incredible. No other country in the world is terrorized by this constant stream of gun violence. We need real gun reform at a national level. And I've got to send you the picture, Jack. It's uh, it's him walking down the street like he's Clint Eastwood, the empty street where the terrorized citizenry is, is uh, retreated. Wow. So anyway, that's clearly going to happen. So the, uh, so the elderly nut job, after he shoots up that dance hall, goes to another dance hall to shoot it up, and a guy gets the gun away from him. And that guy was interviewed this morning. We'll have some of his, uh, what he had to say, maybe next hour. It's pretty compelling. Yeah. Oh, yep. thank God he was able to do that. So one more Gavi Newsom notice. He is clearly running for president, and I am looking forward to it because I believe he will be beaten like a drum. Uh, but uh, his wife, more of her so-called documentary filmmaking is coming to the fore because she supplies these movies to schools that then pay for the privilege of showing them, and they are heavy on the super progressive gender identity stuff on here's how to have gay sex and that sort of thing being taught to little kids uh, the gender bred man and the rest of it or the gender bred person i'm sorry of course it's not a man it's a person um that they're trying to indoctrinate the little kids you combine california's incredible problems with the radical newsome family the guy gets beaten by a drum you heard it hurry first yeah that 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 that, that those will be some good ads armstrong and getty If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives, like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It was reported that last year the population of China declined by 850,000 people, thanks to an increase in China's leading cause of death, protesting. (laughs) Wow. I like political commentary like that. There you go. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Calling out the evildoers. So this has been quite the back and forth over the last week over tanks. Are the Ukrainians going to get tanks from the West, like the some of the best modern tanks that exist on planet Earth? And it's starting with uh, with Germany, but Germany says they're not going to give any tanks unless we give some tanks, knowing that we might not give tanks for a variety of reasons. Anyway, this came up on ABC this week yesterday with Martha Radich and uh, Republican Rep. Mike McCall. What about... Abrams tanks, the U.S. tanks. Do you believe those should be sent, as President Zelensky said, he so desperately needs? Well, you know, I do. The Wall Street Journal had an editorial that said we're giving them just enough to uh, bleed uh, through months without a chance of victory. That's the problem here. Yeah, we talked about that editorial that, um, you know, what's the point of that? And we need to give them more now uh, was the argument of the Wall Street Journal. Well, here's McCall a little more on the why we should give uh, some of our tanks. If we announced we were going to give Abram tanks, just one, that would unleash, that would give Germany the, what I hear is that Germany's waiting for us to take the lead. Then they would put uh, leopard tanks in and also release. Remember, there are about 10 countries that have leopard tanks, but they need Germany to sign off on releasing. So just one Abrams tank, you think, would release all the leopard tanks? Or even saying that we're going to put Abrams tanks in, I think would be enough for Germany to unleash. I don't think Martha quite understood what he was saying there as, as, as a political thing, sure. as the way it looks. If we just announced we're going to give Abrams tanks, Germany could say, OK, we'll give some tanks too." Germany did overnight uh, say so it's against the law, actually, um, for other countries to give your stuff unless you approve of it. So um, even though Poland has some of the German tanks Poland can't give those tanks to Ukraine unless Germany says okay. And last night, Germany said, okay, we'll let you give some of the tanks. 
which might be the dam breaking on this whole tank thing. Part of that is because Poland said, look, apparently there's some way to do this. Look, we're going to get enough of the other countries in NATO to vote that we can override you and we give the tanks anyway, which would have been a really bad look for Germany. Pants them. Yeah. I mean, they, that, that, yeah, that would have been a really bad look for Germany that, that NATO had to override your vote to try to help you out Ukraine. Yeah, yeah, it's it's complicated with Germany because part of it and what we've been discussing is that they don't want to be seen as as more or less a neighbor of Russia as the first to say, let's send in the tanks. Well, I think they're still hung up on the Ribbentrop Pact. Well, <laughs> well thanks for that. Um, by the way, Michael, I believe the Germans have commented on this story. Do we have any of their comments? I see nothing. I know nothing. Oh, oh boy! Wow. So, uh, so you got a couple of things going. Uh, the one I mentioned first. Plus, it's easy for us in the United States to underestimate the psychic hangover the Germans have for having, I don't know, killed tens of millions of Russians, tens of millions. Not to mention all the people that the Third Reich killed in Poland and Czechoslovakia and Britain, France, the United States, whatever. I mean. Nazi Germany was uh, a chapter the Germans are now, even now, I mean, three quarters of a century practically since it all began, having trouble living it down. Actually, it's it's quite, it's damn near a century since it all began. Um, the, the idea of German tanks rolling across the European landscape killing people just freak Germany out. Again, in a way I don't think we can relate to, and they need to get over it. I mean, honestly. Um, in the way that Japan has gotten over it. Japan has had their collective guilt about World War II, and just in the last couple of weeks have decided, all right, we can't be a pacifist nation anymore. We can't not be building up our military. We need uh, we need more of the best weapons because of China. So we might right. see Germany and Japan for the first time since World War II you know, flexing their military might in ways we haven't seen in a long time. Right. And I get the idea of such ginormous psychic guilt that you enter a period of of humble shame and 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 pacifism and trying to I always pitch. live my day in humble shame. It's the way I you get up f- in the morning. Oh. Shame. shame. It's my first my shame. first sensory perception when my eyes open in the morning. Anyway, I get that, but at some point, you got to get out of the fetal position and understand that there are things happening in the world, and you are rather you're needed rather sorely to contribute. Please, uh, a number of historians and professors are quoted in this piece that's actually pretty good in the New York Times. Uh, Germans risk misinterpreting the lessons of their history, said Timothy Gartnash, history of Germany and Europe, etc., etc. The German position is profoundly confused with the old thinking dead and the new not yet born. So they've talked about the new era and having to make a strategic pivot, but they just they haven't done it yet. And and they talk about German domestic politics and, and never forget all of of international relations is heavily uh, weighted by the domestic policy politics of the countries involved and in germany the ruling party which is the uh, social democrats and they're in a coalition with the greens both of those parties have serious pacifist wings 
I mean, you you think the Marjorie Taylor Greene chunk of the Republican Party is exerting a lot of influence or the AOC nutjob freaking squad wing of the Democrats? You think they have outsized influence? The peace wings of the ruling parties in Germany are very, very important to them. So they're struggling with that stuff. But it, it's something to see a country that is still so scarred from its aggressive past that it can't rouse itself to, like, defend itself when it's being pummeled with both hands or, well, or might as well be soon. And oddly enough, the same enemy they were fighting at the time. Um. Uh, so this guy, Bill Taylor, uh, we've played a lot of clips from him over the last year as we're coming up on the year mark of this horrible war. Former ambassador to Ukraine. He was on MSNBC this morning talking about how he thinks this all could end. That the commitment from last week and the continued commitments that we're seeing even today will give the Ukrainians what they need. We need to maintain that support. If we maintain that support, the Ukrainians will win. The Ukrainians will win this war. They will push the Russians out of their country and negotiate the the Russians out of Crimea. uh, And that will be the end of this war. That's how this war ends. That's the option for peace. So that's the first time I've heard anybody say that. Uh, We talked about the, was it the Washington Post or New York Times that had a story, the Biden White House is now coming around to the Ukrainian view of, yeah, they have to get out of Crimea also. You don't just get back the land from February of this past year, you get it all back, which I can really understand the argument from the Ukrainian standpoint. Hey, we've been at war since 2014. If you declare the war over, you're declaring they won that war. I mean, if we're not allowed to continue fighting or if you're going to cut us off from all the weaponry or whatever, that's just announcing that they won. They get to keep that giant chunk of our country. What the hell is that? You know, now as in months past, I have a very, very difficult time even imagining how this ends because you have a very complex diplomatic situation. I could see some sort of agreement for access to Crimea, to Crimea, or some sort of sharing or neutral ground, some demilitarized something or other uh, in theory. But there is to describe there being zero trust is to overestimate how much trust there is there is so much hatred at this point so where it ends nobody knows but what that bill taylor said there and i'm not exactly sure what he meant he followed up a little bit but he didn't really get into the details we're giving ukraine enough and we need to continue to give ukraine enough to drive the russians out of well to defeat the russians and then you'll negotiate them getting out of crimea so I guess, defeat the Russians so badly that they have to come to the negotiation table and would give in to the idea of them voluntarily pulling out of Crimea for some reason? I don't quite understand what that would look like, but that's what he was suggesting. Yeah, he he struck me as being a little over his skis, a little enthusiastic about his premise there, but, you know, who knows? Hey, a quick word uh, from our friends at Simply Safe Home Security, then back at it. I'm actually about to bring you a couple of stories about how state after state, city after city, has embarked on this decriminalizing crime nightmare that has failed so miserably, like on the West Coast. But they're continuing to try it. Houston's a great example of it. Uh, but Simply Safe Home Security is a great way to make your family's safety and security a priority and take it into your own hands because you're 
Damn government isn't doing a very good job about it. 24-7 professional monitoring agents using FastProtect TM technology to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you get priority police response, for instance. Yeah, burglars, threats, all that sort of stuff. But more than that, even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. That's why Simply Safe has been named the best home security system of 2022 by a number of publications. And you can get all this for about a dollar a day. A system you set up yourself, pretty awesome. Yeah, it's pizza money. The 24-7 professional monitoring service costs under a dollar a day to protect your family. It's fabulous. Uh, customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafecom slash Armstrong. Go today, claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off your order with interactive monitoring. That's simplysafecom slash Armstrong. Um, how big a deal do you think it is that I can no longer taste sweet? As I have nailed down, should I just keep that for the rest of my life if I can? Is that a good thing? Or well, no, apparently it's not because you're desperately. It sounds like seeking that sensation out. Yeah, your yeah. brain needs it. That's what's strange. You're seeking this stuff out. I would think you would lose weight because you would that, have no desire. for that's it. That's what I would have thought. If you lost your taste for sweet, you wouldn't eat sweets. Oh yeah, but deep it, in your animal brain, though, you need it. Or even if you just got a sweet tooth in an unhealthy way. If I'm desiring sweets and I can't get the sweet, because, um, you know, I've talked a lot about how many donuts I've eaten over the last hour, however many months, and it was really pretty crazy. Like, I'd eat three maple bars from the donut shop and Ugh. like and feel sick, but, like, I could never eat those before because, like, one of them was so sugary, sickening, you couldn't even hardly finish it. And I yeah. was polishing off there because I can't taste sweet anymore because of COVID, I think. So I want to touch on the crime thing next, but next hour, and if you don't get the next hour on the air, you just, you got to work or whatever, grab it via podcast later. We repackage it, Armstrong and Getty, on demand, wherever you like to get podcasts. Or if you're not hip to the whole podcast thing, it's super easy. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. There's some links. Uh, Anyway, uh, a major change, sea change, as they say, in the way childhood obesity is being treated. Speaking, Speaking of, of maple bars, yeah. Uh, during hour four. So again, stay with us or come back later for it. I'll stick around for that. And that whole repackaging the podcast thing, man, the, the things we do for the listeners. I mean, it's just really some serious customer service, I think. Don't bother thanking us. It's all in a day's work. <laughs> uh, more on the way. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, I wasn't paying attention to the front door. I was looking into the dance ballroom, the dance floor, and uh, this is when I heard the sound of the front door creaking closing, and instantly followed by the sound of a metal object clinking together as if they were rubbing. That's when I turned around and saw that there was an Asian man holding a gun. My first thoughts was, and did you re- I was going to die here. This was it. That's Brandon Say, who probably stopped another mass shooting from happening. So if you haven't heard this, the crazy old murderous dude that went to that dance hall and murdered 10 people, then got in his car and drove to another dance hall nearby and walked in with, it looks like, every intention of doing the same thing there. 
And this guy, uh, uh, Brandon Say, went on Good Morning America today, immediately froze, but then thought, I got to do something, and, 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 and you know, was able to uh, get the gun away from the dude. Um, let's hear a little more from him. No, I did not recognize him. This was somebody I have never seen before. It, he didn't seem like he was here for any money. He wasn't here to rob us. When he was uh, looking around the room, it seemed like he was looking for targets, p- people to harm. And he says, at some point, I was able to pull the gun away from him. That moment, it was primal instinct, he, uh, he has said. I don't know what came over me. You know, nobody knows how they react in that situation, including him. He'd never seen a gun in real life his entire life. Really? Which wow. is kind of interesting. And, uh, yeah, almost guaranteed he was that 72-year-old man was going to murder a whole bunch of other people for some crazy reason in his head. He then, when he gets his gun taken away from him, uh, he must have had another gun, obviously, because he goes and mm-hmm. gets in his van and ends up shooting himself in the head. As we always say, if you're going to do a murder-suicide, how about you do it in the reverse order? So all those innocent people didn't lose their lives since you're going to kill yourself anyway, you crazy person. And as always, the media is obsessed with what was his motive? Police have not commented on the motive. The motive was he's a crazy, angry guy who wanted to hurt a lot of people. He thought that would somehow ease his pain. It's the same thing it always is. And uh, I just uh, there are too many crazy people uh, carrying around guns, wanting to hurt people. Oh, here's uh, here's I a think, little. Oh, go ahead. Here's a little more from the hero in his own words on getting the gun away from the murderer. So when he started uh, prepping the weapon and something came over me, I, I realized I needed to get the weapon away from him. I needed to take this weapon, disarm him, or else everybody would have died. Um, so when, when I got the courage, I, I lunged at him with both my hands, grabbed the weapon, and we had a struggle. We struggled into the lobby, trying to get this gun away from each other. He was hitting me across the face, bashing the back of my head. I, I, I was trying to use my elbows to separate the gun away from him, creating some distance. Finally, at one point, I was able to pull the gun away from him, shove him aside, create some distance, point the gun at him, intimidate him, shout him and say, get the hell out of here. I'll shoot. Get away. Go. And at this point, I thought he would run away, but he, he was just standing there contemplating whether to fight or to run away. I really thought I would have to shoot him if he came at me. This is when he turned around and walked out the door, jogged back to his van. I immediately called police with the gun still in my hand. Man, that's uh, quite the deal. I hadn't heard it. I didn't realize it was that long a struggle. That's not what I was picturing. He said he was left with bruising all over his body. He was shaking all night long with shock. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, you're my just gosh, in a yeah. fight for your life over a gun with, uh, you know, and then once I'm sure he found out that a whole bunch of people had been murdered by this dude. A lot of people have been telling me how much courage I had, he told Good Morning America. But you know what courage is? Courage is not the absence of fear, but the ability to have adversity to fear when fearful events happen such as this. Sure. Um, my heart goes out to everyone involved, yeah. Oof. Yeah, I bet old Mr. Uh, crazy Loser uh, was thinking murder-suicide and, and thought, all right, you're going to shoot me. That's fine. But then for whatever reason, thought, no, I'll go do it myself. So he left. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. 
what? We probably will never know. Here I am engaging what I always criticize as being so stupid. What was his motive? I don't I don't think I've ever asked that. But I always kind of wonder what the crazy person was thinking in their own crazy head. Why dance halls? Well, I could tell you if you wanted. Allegedly. It was, it was a resentment over he was on the outs and he thought people were talking bad about him. People didn't want him there, so at he thought, I'll show them. in town, though? You think, hmm? I mean, at all the dance halls? I mean, was he a regular at all the dance halls? And, well, his wife his wife was, and, and people didn't want him coming along. They, they didn't want him there. Something like that. Hmm. But again, it's, it's, uh, it's, it doesn't matter. No, because that's the, not it's the way. It's the idea that you get to hurt or kill lots of people because you're unhappy. Because no other normal human being reacts to any sort of slight or hurt that way. Right. you got to be crazy. Right. Yeah. You know, the whole craze, man, I'd like to write extensively about this. The idea that uh, you can't blame the victim ignores the fact that uh, how many of us, most of our problems are self-made? We're the victim of ourselves in life. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's like the story of life, everybody's yeah. life. And yet, for some reason, particularly on the left side of the aisle, people pretend like that's not true. If you missed an hour of the show, get the podcast. We do four hours. It's Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.